Thank you for listening to this chapel message, originally presented at Clark Summit University in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. With more than 70 on-campus and online programs, Clark Summit University prepares Christ-centered, career-ready graduates to make a difference around the world. We hope this is an encouragement to you today. It's the uh, 9th of January. For most of us, our New Year's resolutions are already in flames someplace burning up. You know, I, just, I don't know what it is about 1st of January. It makes you decide that this, this year is going to be different. Okay? I mean, you guys come back to school and say, this year I'm going to study. You know, that's what's going to... I'm going to put like 70 hours a week on my studies. Well, that's already over and the semester hasn't started, right? And, you know, we have all these resolutions, and the problem with these things is that most of them really, they go against human nature. And more than that, they go against the Word of God. So when I was working on what I wanted to say to you this morning, I almost didn't do this. I was like, ah, it's it's too simple. Uh, They already know this stuff. But I want to take a chance on it anyway and, and see if it'll help you. Now, all of us want to get the gunk out of our life, the sin out of our life. We want to stop doing what God says is wrong. And for most of us, we have a track record of not being great at that. Now, maybe some of you guys in the room here who for, for years, you've, you've struggled with the same problems. And it's not for lack of prayer, and it's not for lack of desire, it, you know, that they're not going away. It's something else. Because Humans aren't wired just to stop. Isn't she cute? That's a little one. He'll still make a mess out of your car. I have touched an elephant once. They're very large and they have a mind of their own. The one that I touched looked fairly docile. I didn't touch it for very long. So, don't look at the screen. Look up here. Oh, turn that blower off, would you? So I don't have to be there. Okay. Uh, now you're looking up here. You're not looking at the screen. Don't think about the elephant. Right? And I say to you, don't think about the elephant, and you're not looking at the screen. Well, you are looking a little bit to make sure she's still there. But we're, we're not wired for don't. I used to, when I was teaching Romans, I used to bring my elephant Eunice to class with me. Uh, Eunice is about the same size as this one. She's a pink elephant. And uh, she's about, this, you know, about the same size. And I bring her to class. Of course, Eunice, like most pink elephants, is imaginary. And so as a class, we begin to, to form Eunice in our minds. And it looks just like this, only pink. And then I tell the class, stop thinking about Eunice. Well, of course, you can't. You can't. The Bible never just says, stop that. The Bible says, stop doing what God says is wrong by starting to do what God says is right. There's two or three important words there that I really want to make sure you see. You saw the stop and the start. I want you to see the word by at the beginning of the second line. That doesn't say and. And means something different. It says by. 
And the text we're going to look at in a few minutes, it's Ephesians chapter 4. The text we're going to look at in a few minutes is going to be one where I, I want God to use this so that as you look at this, you say, wait a minute, some of the problems I have in my life may be that I've tried to stop them, period. And I can't any more than I can stop thinking about that elephant. Now wait, for most of you, you had stopped thinking about the elephant. I put the slide away, okay? You had stopped thinking about the elephant because you started thinking about something else. So the word by is important. Secondly, the repetition of God says is important in here. I think some of the sins that I had struggled with in the past that I thought must have been like in my my genes because I couldn't get rid of them. I wasn't listening to what God said. I, I had a great idea for how to get rid of this problem. It wasn't God's idea. And since it wasn't God's idea, it didn't work. So, so the essence, the core of this is stop by starting. But when you add in, you stop doing what God says. He's the authority. It's wrong if he says it's wrong. Just because I feel guilty about it doesn't mean something's right or wrong. What's God say? So I looked to his word. Yeah, he says this is wrong. And then I looked to his word again. I'm supposed to stop that by starting this. And you say, eh, that sounds awfully simple. The difference between simple and simplistic, right? And at the root of all this behind here is Romans 12, 2, where I'm calling you to what Paul talks about, not being conformed to this world, but transformed. How's that happen? By the renewing of the mind, by the changing of the thinking process. Back in Romans 1, Paul had said that our mind, our thinking process was ruined. In chapter 6, he talked more about it again. And in chapter 12, he says, I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where the significant change will come. And if you were sitting here thinking, oh, I'm not sure I want to hear what he's got to say today. I've already feel bad enough about the mess I've got. There's some hope in here. So what I want to do is I'm going to begin a sermon actually today. I won't finish it, I don't think. And look at an example text that could help us. So Ephesians 4. Most of you know that the second half of Ephesians is, a, is outlined for us by the Holy Spirit, by the repeated word walk or live, depending on your version. And so back in chapter 4, verse 17, Paul had said, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk or live as the Gentiles do, in the futility, the emptiness of their thinking. And then he begins to describe that in verses 18 and following. They're callous, they're sensual, okay? Verse 20, but that's not the way you learn Christ. You don't learn Christ that way. We're assuming you've heard about him. We're assuming you were taught in him. There's a truth in Jesus. You were taught to put off your old self, again, depending on your version, old self, old man, which belongs to your former manner of life, is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on a new self. Okay, put off the old, put on the new, okay, theory, it's not hard. And then he tells me how. He tells you how. Therefore, having put away falsehood, having put away lying, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Okay, stop for a second. You aren't living in Turkey. It is not 60 AD. But you have something in common with the people Paul's writing to. 
you're a believer in Christ. He's talking to Christians. And he's telling people like you and me, stop lying. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse, uh, but he's telling you, stop lying, you know. The payment's in the mail. Trust me, I'll take care of everything. Of course I'll love you. It's not the money, you know, it's not the money, it's the principle of the thing. Yeah, I know, but we can still be friends. (laughs) You know, Alec, (laughs) just in case you weren't sure who that was. Girls, don't ever say that to Alec, okay? Just just leave him alone. No. I'll I'll call you later, right? I mean, we, we lie so routinely. We lie so smoothly. We lie so competently and confidently. Well, the devil was a liar from the beginning. And Jesus told the Pharisees, you over your father, the devil, and probably true of all of us. Why do we do it? I think it's self-protection, don't you? Because sometimes not telling the truth seems safer for me than telling the truth. Or shading it just a bit seems safer. I'm not going to lose a layer of skin over this thing. No one's going to be really upset at me. I just, not quite. So he says, stop lying. Well, if that's our problem, why haven't we already? Because it's embedded in there. He says, stop lying by starting to tell the truth. You only have one mouth. It's going to say one thing or the other. Stop lying, he says. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Oh. Neighbor is someone, I suppose, who lives close enough to you that you want to benefit them. You've got a relationship of some kind there. Speak the truth with your neighbor. Assumes relationship. Assumes that things don't go well if you don't speak the truth. Well, why should I do that? And that's where the Romans 12 comes in, the rebirth of the thinking process. He tells you. Speak truth with his neighbor because we are members one of another. We're part of each other. We work together. Life's in the relationships that draws to God. Church is body. We're part of it. What happens if your body starts lying to you? I learned a long time ago a lesson that I've never completely learned, and that is my toes can't see. Your toes are probably like that too. Why do I walk them through a dark room? My brain says, it'll be fine to go through here. My brain is not going to get hurt. My toes ram into the couch. My brain should have known better than that. My brain should have told my feet the truth. Turn on a light. You'll be happier at the end of this. Because that's the way the body is supposed to work. I stop lying by starting to tell the truth because truth builds relationships. See the responsibility he's putting on us right here. He wants us to think this thing through and realize that there's something worse than me just looking better. And how do you feel 
when you find out that somebody's been lying to you. Right? Doesn't that pain cut deep? You feel stupid? And you just, oh man. Doesn't build a relationship, doesn't build the body. And that's what we're supposed to do. Hey, we'll keep on lying forever. I'll take a vow before God that I will never lie again. Well, that's nice, but it's not in Ephesians 4. Because God says you stop doing what's wrong by starting to do what he says is right. The worst thing that happened when the truth is told is that God is exalted. That's the worst thing that happened. Well, does that make sense? Look at the next verse. Look at verse 16. Here's another thing. Talking to Christians here. Be angry and do not sin. Well, let me tell you, there's been plenty of times when I've been angry and did sin. It's one of the ones that I struggle with all the time. Be angry and do not sin. How's that? Well, it must be that it's possible to avoid it. Proverbs 19, verse 19 says that a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you will only do it again. God is angry without being sinful. And we're supposed to be becoming like him. Got to be a way to do it. Anger with self-control. In uh, Lewis Smead's book, Forgive and Forget, which has been around for a while and still is a good one, he says, healthy anger drives us to do something to change what makes us angry. Anger can energize us to make things better. Hate doesn't want to change things the better. It wants to make it worse. So how do I stop venting rage? It says here, by dealing with the problems today. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now, sundown's a general term. I mean, it's not like, you know, sundown today will be at 5 o'clock or something like that. So if I get mad at you at 4.49 or something like that, I'm going to wait 24. That's not the point. You know, the, 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 point, the point is I take care of this sooner rather than later. And the application probably is to those of us who, for self-protective reasons, avoid conflict. But we're being self-protective about it, but we, we avoid conflict. Again, Paul gives us some renewing the mind. He says, I want you to do this. Uh, I'm not sure I can. I want you to do this because the alternative is giving the devil an opportunity. We already know he's a liar. We already know he masquerades as an angel of light. We already know he's full of good ideas, but he's also the accuser of the brethren. None of us would say, I wonder what I could do for the devil today. I wonder if I could help him out. I mean, we'd never say that. But in practicality, when I say, I'm just, I'm just an angry person. That's the way I am. When we say that, when we don't deal with it God's way, we wind up helping the devil out. He would love for me to rationalize and say, I just can't talk to you about that. But if God says I can, I can. And Paul told me in Romans 12, he said, don't pay back evil for evil. 
because God will take revenge. And sometimes I live like an atheist. I don't think God will take revenge, and so I come after you myself with that kind of anger. I mean, this is just meat and potatoes Christianity. But how many believers do you know that lie? How many believers do you know that are explosive with their anger? You stop doing what God says is wrong by starting to do what God says is right. Build a relationship. Look at the next one. Verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal. Again, this is written to Christians. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so he may have something to share with those in need. Well, so if it's not mine, I can't take it, right? And I've got a lot of reasons why I might want to. If it's not mine, I can't take it. But Evan, I stop stealing by starting to work and share, and both are important. Because it's not like I'm stealing because I'd rather do that than work. It's I'm stealing for me. And Paul says, you work, and then what you make, you give. Instead of looking at you as a means to provide the stuff to make my life better, I look to God and say, how can I earn and give to make somebody else's life better? And he tells us then, because you supply God's help to the needy. Work with your own hands. Working for somebody else's benefit. Taking what you earned, what you would have liked to keep and blessing somebody else with it. So when I was working down through the passage, trying to think what I wanted to share with you on this, I began thinking of people, relationships. Who is it that I have not quite told all the truth to? What am I going to do about that? Who is it that ticked me off? I've just let that thing fester. And who is it that I didn't respect their stuff because I wanted it? And we'd lived in the dorm long enough to watch this happen on occasion. If you stop doing what God says is wrong by starting to do what's right, you can make some progress. And so you know, we're looking for a New Year's resolution. I don't want you to stop the dumb stuff you're doing that you shouldn't be. I want you to do this God's way. I want you to focus on one of these things. We're going to finish off the next one next time we get together at the end of the month. But I want you to focus on one of these things today where as I was talking, the Spirit of God is leaning on you like a friendly elephant, okay? And, you know, you're, you're just kind of getting pushed off the side because you know, you know he's talking to you about this. Well, let me tell you, leaving chapel will not allow you to avoid him. He's in your dormitory too. He's also in Jackson Hall. He's where you're going to work tonight. I mean, he's already there. You can't get away from him. And he wants you to be like Jesus. 
You know, if you were one of the ones who said, you know, I just got to study more. Well, there's probably not a verse on that. We pull the Awana verse out maybe, study to show yourself proved to God, but that's a, a stretcher on that. Well, then you got to do something else instead. Think this through God's way. Look at what his plan is. And then, having accepted it, see what he does. You and I all have enough problems. We can't change them all instantaneously. But we can work on one. And if we did, our life would be different and our campus would be better. Pray with me, please. Lord, I thank you so much for our students and our faculty and our staff. And thank you for letting me be a part of this whole thing. I'm grateful for that. And as we step into the second semester of the school year, the first semester in 2023, I would pray that the image of Christ would be so powerful among us that we'd be able to love each other the way you've loved us. Help us with the specifics in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Clark Summit University's Chapel Series. Visit www.clarksummitu.edu to learn more about CSU. Become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate through on-campus and online degree programs. Look for us on social media at Clark Summit U and share your feedback.